Hey everyone, welcome to today's High Score, our weekly call-in show at Sifted Games at sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, and you can find me on Twitter at Dinfire, and no, it's not a Zelda reference. Uh, it's been a slow week in games, but lots of little stories, which is perfect for today's High Score, because we try to be careful with this show. We don't want to discuss a lot of things we're going to discuss on Game Face. Uh, Game Face is coming up this Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, as usual. We will have our third TriCaster operator in four weeks. <laughs> uh, since we lost Sam, it's been hard to find... Uh, someone who can do it every week. So we kind of have a revolving group of people who have been doing it for us. It's a pain in the butt, but well worth it to have our studio. Miss Sam, definitely. Uh, but we're getting it all wrangled, and it looks like we have a big enough pool of TriCaster TDs that we can do the show every week without any problems. So pretty excited about that. We'll see you guys again here on twitch.tv slash siftedgames on Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific. I think we have a good show for you guys today because there's a lot of interesting things happening that aren't necessarily big games, uh, but they're great topics to discuss among people who are really passionate about games, and that is us. So with that, let's get on to the first topic of the show, and I don't think this will be a big surprise to anyone. And before we get to the first topic, I want to lay down some ground rules. Uh, when you come in, make sure you have headphones on uh, to contact us. Get on Skype. You can use your PC. You can use a tablet. You can use your phone. Uh, we prefer if you came in via video, but if you don't and you just want to use audio, that's okay too. Um, but like I said, make sure you have headphones on whenever you come into the show. Otherwise, we're going to get a wicked echo from you guys. So with that, let's get to the first topic. And I don't think anyone's going to be surprised that I want to talk about games being blamed for the mass shootings that happened <clears throat> in Dayton, Ohio, not Toledo, and El Paso, Texas. Um, it seems to be when things like this happen, there are a couple ways to react. There are the people who think we need gun control, who say the guns need to be limited, there needs to be background checks, they shouldn't sell semi-automatic rifles. I don't want to get into all that. What I want to get into is the other side. Uh, and the other side is blaming it not just on video games, but on violent media in general. Uh, video games tend to be the first thing that they kind of strike out against, um, but it doesn't take long before they move to games, or before they move to other media, but games seems to be the first thing that they kind of strike out at. And that happened again uh, after the, the two shootings that happened last weekend. They're just a week away at this point uh, from happening. Um, and the GOP, very quickly, and again, I want to reiterate this before we start discussing. This isn't, at least recently, this has been a GOP thing, but if you go back in time, uh, over a decade or so, uh, Democrats were also blaming video games for violence. That seems to have stopped over the last 10 to 15 years from the Democrats, but the GOP has never stopped. And the GOP, once again, has tried to blame video games for the mass shootings. And there's all kinds of things that get tied up into this because there's so much money involved in politics. And basically you have an administration that just gave corporations a huge tax cut. I mean, we're talking for really large companies, like a billion or $2 for a lot of them. 
basically enough for them to cover their payrolls for the next several years and also satisfy their stockholders. And again, I don't want to get into the political discussion about whether that's smart or not. I think everyone agrees that probably lobbyists and money should be out of politics. Um, But unfortunately, on both sides, it's a problem because these companies have a lot of money and they contribute to campaigns on both sides of the aisle. And when they're giving you a lot of money, they expect something in return. No one just gives away money just because it's a good thing to do. Well, there are people. Philanthropists do that. There's a lot of people who give to charity. I give to charity. I'm sure a lot of you do as well. But we're talking about big gobs of money here. This isn't giving $10 to a GoFundMe. Uh, This is literally tax cuts that gave corporations gigantic uh, relief in taxes. And when you do that, that's one way to pay back the lobbyists for the money that they've contributed to your campaign. But another way, and the most important way for most companies that lobby politicians is to get favorable legislation that they want. Now, over the last couple days, uh, Walmart started removing promotional materials for what it deemed were overly violent media. The first story that broke was all about games. They were saying that violent games, the signage for that stuff was being taken down in Walmart. Uh, Then just last night, it was discovered that a couple Walmarts around the country, apparently the memo that was sent out to Walmart to the stores wasn't clear on what Walmart's stance was. And so a couple of the Walmart stores just removed all the games from their shelves, all of them but what looked to be the most benign. So it was a mistake. Walmart went on the record and said, we did not tell them to do this. They misunderstood our marching orders and kind of went overboard with it. And apparently that those stores are in the process of returning games to store shelves. But people, <laughs> it's a distraction. It's a huge distraction, a huge deflection. Essentially what they're saying is, look, we know the vast majority of Americans don't think that violent media or violent video games cause violence in the real world, but there is a sect of people and they tend to be the loud minority that will trumpet games and violent movies and violent television as the reason that we're having these shootings instead of what most Americans believe is the real problem, which are lax gun laws and a lack of mental health support in our country. And look, we've beat the lax gun laws thing. We flogged that horse to death. The real problem to me is mental health and well, not the real problem. I believe they're on equal footing with gun laws. I think I don't think there's any one answer that's going to solve the problem. You can't just regulate guns and that's going to solve the problem. You can't just put more money into mental health and that that's going to solve. It needs to be a joint approach between the two. I've played games since 1977, I think it was. I think 77 was the year we got our first Pong machine and Skeet machine. So back in the 70s, there were these machines that they looked like a console, but they had like two knobs on them that you could twist and you use those to play Pong. Then they also had like a little plastic gun that you could plug into the console and then a white square would dance around the screen and you tried to shoot it with the plastic gun. So I've been playing games since then. 
Um, I cannot remember a single time in my entire life where I played a game and then it affected my behavior later. There were, there's probably been a couple instances where I got frustrated playing a game where I had tried the same section of a game over and over and over and over again, and I got angry. And maybe that spill, I'd have to talk to my wife about that. Um, maybe that spilled out into my attitude a little bit later, but it wasn't the content of the games that affected me. It wasn't that they were violent or over-sexualized. It was that it was just frustratingly difficult to play or make headway in. And I think that's true of anything. Anything that you're trying to do, and if you're not nailing it the first handful of tries, you get frustrated. I think that's just human nature. I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that I'm playing video games. It could have been me trying to learn how to whittle or trying to learn how to quilt or something like that. You can get that reaction from anything. So in, let's see, let's do the math, 23, 19, 33, in like 40, like 30 plus years of playing video games, I've never had a game affect me. But I don't have mental health issues. And do I think games could have an impact on people with mental health issues? Probably. I think that people with mental health issues are fragile and they can be affected by almost anything. But that's the thing. This needs to be a true two-pronged assault. It needs to be better gun laws and mental health. So I'm curious, have any of you guys ever been playing a game and feel like you've been affected by the content of the game? Not that it was challenging, not, be, not when you played Dark Souls and threw your controller across the room, not when you lost in Call of Duty Online or when some kid online was talking trash in the headset, not that stuff. I'm talking about the content of a game. Have you ever played a game and had the content affect you afterwards in any way? It could be good. It could be that you beat a game that you've been playing for a long time and the ending was so moving that you're in a great mood the rest of the day. It could be anything like that. But, but share it. Let us know if you feel like if you've ever played a game and it impacted your behavior afterwards. Hit us at Sifted Games. On Skype, as I said, we're good with video or audio. We prefer video. We'd like to see your beautiful faces, but we prefer video if we can. All right, here's somebody. Let's see what they have to say. That's hurting my eyes. Mr. McWomble, what's going on, my friend? Hey, Shane, how's it going? Hey, how's your Saturday going? Well, um, I was meant to be going away. Oh, really? Weekend, but, yeah, what happened? I, I, I feel bloody awful. Oh, you're sick. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for calling in, though, man. I appreciate it, especially if you're feeling ill. See, this, see, people, this is what McWomble will do. He will call in when he's feeling sick, and he canceled his vacation. So what's your take yeah. on this stuff, man? What do you think? Well, I, I literally finished watching Ready Player One, which is oh. a surprisingly good film. You know, um, I I agree. I heard so much bad stuff about that movie. I ended up watching it on a flight, and I thought it was good. I wouldn't say great or amazing, but I thought it was good. It to me certainly it wasn't bad. But why has that spurred you to call into today's high score? Well, um, I, in the last ten seconds, so what what what's affected you? Um, and 
there was quite a funny story. I think I've, I've mentioned on something else before. I was playing um, Mass Effect 3, and there was the moment when... Uh, okay, major spoiler alert for anyone who's not played this game. Um, Morden Solus, you get the choice to cure the genophage or kill him and allow an entire population of people to continue to basically die off slowly. Okay. And uh, um, after having invested God knows how many hours, like probably 500 hours in that trilogy by that point, um, my wife walked in on me at the point where Morden Solus was going to sacrifice himself to cure an entire species from... Uh, <laughs> Isn't it crazy, though? Have you ever noticed that your significant other always walks in while you're playing games at the absolute worst moment? It, it was, I, it, they it have was... an uncanny ability to come into the room at that moment where you're like, I really don't want them to see this. And, and I, was properly, I was properly tearing up as well. Oh, <laughs> I'll bet you she got a few laughs out of that. <laughs> oh, she was like, what's going on? And so I was, I was explaining to her what was happening. And she was like, oh, oh, okay. It'll be okay. Just <laughs> <laughs> on. I, for instance, I was just playing uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. And... Uh, most of the art in that game is pretty benign. Like, they don't really go for the over-the-top anime girls with gigantic boobs and they're wearing, like, thongs and, like, these weird bikinis and stuff. They, they're they pretty conservative in that game. But there's one character in the game that has a gigantic chest and she's scantily dressed. And, uh... Because, of course, there is. Yeah, yeah. But... And, how do I put this? My wife knows that I have a predilection predilection towards certain parts of the female anatomy. Is that PC? <laughs> and it just so happens that that character in the game is endowed in the way that I generally appreciate. So she comes in and she's like, who's that? And I'm like, oh, she's a part of my party. And she goes, oh, I can see why you like her. <laughs> It's like, okay, I guess so. But yeah, for whatever reason, like she can be doing her own thing and I can play be playing games in the living room for like two hours. And she will come in at that one moment where there's some cut scene where it's just crazy violent or crazy sexy or whatever. She'll kind of cock her eye and be like, what's that? She's gotten to the point now where she's kind of immune to it and she doesn't react like she used to. But uh, there's still certainly those moments where she comes in and I'm just like, I'm a little embarrassed. I have to admit it sometimes. Games embarrass me a little bit in front of my wife. Yeah, and uh, kind of on the converse, so, so moments in games where you're kind of meant to feel a moment of importance or uh, uh, stoicism or, or levity. Is it, and it's, it was at the end of... Um, Uncharted 4 and I think the main thing for me is sort of just a, I've got a sense of I don't care anymore Wait, you just lost interest in Uncharted 4? Oh, yeah um, Actually, I had more enjoyment from playing, playing A Lost Legacy than I did from Uncharted 4 and I think it was Nathan Drake just bored me 
Yeah, um, I mean, I would agree that the plot in that game isn't as good as the first three. Um, I, I would agree with that. I think a lot of what got me through that game was just how gorgeous it was. I haven't really played a game in a long time where when I play it, there's just all these little graphical touches that happen that I'm noticing continually. Games have kind of hit this bar where they're all kind of on equal footing visually. There's a few that come out here and there that kind of push things a little bit more than others, but for the most part, they're all kind of on equal footing. But Naughty Dog's games are still at a level where I notice the things that they do. I've mentioned it before, but the Jeep in Uncharted 4, like there's that gas can in it that's like banging all around while you're driving. In most games, that can would just be like glued to the body of the Jeep, but not in Naughty Dog's games. Uh, the way they did the flames in Uncharted 4, there's a whole bunch of stuff in that game that really kind of sets itself apart. And honestly, I'm a little nervous about The Last of Us Part Two because they do put so much detail into the visuals of their games. I fear that it might be a fire rod for the type of people who are lashing out at video games right now. I don't think they, they could, though, because the the emotional investment that there is in the last of us part one admittedly i didn't care so much for it the game itself um, or the plot uh, a bit of both okay. I, I um because i came into the game very late um, okay I, and um I've, I've said this to a couple of people before coming into it late and coming from a background of um you can basically cure the plague that's causing humanity. You can save one life. That's that's a overly simplistic premise to jump from. And frankly, in I'm I, I'd bear on the side of utilitarianism in that sense. And one person's life against the the cost of thousands. You do have to weigh those decisions up. And I'll mention it again. They do mention that in Mass Effect. <laughs> That's true. I'll, I'll, men I'll mention Mass Effect as many times as I possibly can. <laughs> uh, You're not alone in that one. Right. And um, what, what I, I think you're getting at from the premise, in, like I, I did come in very late because literally I, I stopped watching Ready Player One and switched this straight on. I... I don't feel that games dehumanize anything. I've been playing a lot of Apex Legends at the moment. Do I feel that that is dehumanizing the people who I'm shooting in that game? No, because it's a fucking video game. I'm actually gl glad that you brought up Apex Legends because that's another component of this story today. Uh, I don't know if you saw or not, but, but EA decided to basically cancel an eSports tournament that was supposed to air live on television because yeah, of the shooting. ESPN canceled it. Yeah, how do you feel about that? Do you think that was the right move? I mean, do you see HBO like changing its programming schedule for the day to not include any violent movies? Did you see TV changing their schedules not to include violent TV shows? What, how do you feel no, about that? No, they're, because they're not the lightning rod at the moment. What do you mean they're, they're not the lightning rod at the moment? So if this was 20 years ago or 30 years ago, would violent TV have been the thing? Probably, at, at least in the US, um, not so much in other countries. But 
it's it's the cool thing to hate right now. Do you think it's the cool thing to hate right now? Because <laughs> I was talking earlier about how even, you know, both Democrats and Republicans used to blame games for real violence. The Democrats have kind of stopped doing that. The Republicans have kept doing it all along. And obviously we've seen what happened in the last week with a lot of uh, GOP senators, you know, trying to use games as a scapegoat. Yeah, and well, even, even I know what God's own party stands for, which is slightly telling because – it's it's just absolutely daft. Uh, <laughs> there is no there's no logical reason for someone to make that connection. And we we spoke about this like when I was breaking my own rule from the Birumbra, um nearly a year ago, uh, when I was saying if you if you're talking about the propensity to create violence, the NFL. And baseball and basketball has just as much propensity to create violence than a video game. Oh, think, you're if, right, though. Think about it. Think about soccer matches, soccer hooligans, NFL game. Every NFL game I've ever been to, there were fights in the stands. And I mean fights where I thought people died, where some guy gets socked and then literally tumbles backwards down like 20 or 30 rows of seats and then like lands on concrete. Um out tailgating before games. I've never been tailgating and not seen a fist fight ever, ever. And the game hasn't even started yet. But yeah, but, but no does one's that talk about mean, though, professional sports? Now I hear you, but does that also kind of point to the fact that entertainment can influence the behavior of people? Though I just think people are stupid. <laughs> I would agree with that. And do you think that? The GOP currently, and the Democrats used to do this too, do you think that the GOP currently is counting on people just accepting what they say without thinking about it or without investigating? Right. Okay, how can, how can I weigh on in, in on this debate without sounding like some foreign git who doesn't <laughs> understand the... The culture deep, in America? The, yeah, the deep-rooted culture... Of, of guns guns in america yeah um and and how i'd how i'd view it is how insensitive would it be for say i don't know someone in missouri to wander into a walmart with um an assault rifle and body armor um just to test his rights um on in the second amendment yeah that's another thing that happened Yesterday, did that happen? Where Yesterday. a guy just walked into was it? I think it was a Walmart. It with was body Walmart. armor with an assault rifle and said he was performing a social experiment. That guy, that guy, by the way, is lucky to be alive. He was, I he have was a feeling, up. and I, I hate he to say this, but I think I don't think anyone's going to disagree with me on this. But I, I have a feeling that if that person were a person of color, they'd probably be dead. I hate to say it, but let's be honest. When it's white people committing crimes like this, they never die unless they kill themselves. If it's a black or a brown person doing something like that, they'll die taking their hands off a steering wheel. So not only do I think that was a social experiment in hay our open carry laws observed in the Walmart, I think it was also a social experiment on how much can a crazy white guy get away with? Well, there was a, a 
the it was interesting the, the how it was reported in this country, which was how quickly would the police have responded if that had been, say, a brown-skinned person with a beard. Right. Oh, yeah. What if it was someone and who I'm, appeared to be Muslim? Yeah, yeah, that's what they were getting at. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, we've seen it. <laughs> that's why Colin Kaepernick is so pissed off, because it's there's different rules for people based upon their color, basically. Well, he's been in the gym five days a week at 5 a.m. working out, he's, so <laughs> he's ready to go. He needs to admit his career is over. <laughs> that's for sure. It's too late now. Nobody wants him to play for him at this point. There's been like three rookie classes come through. His career's over. He just needs to to get over it at this point. And he got a settlement, so yeah, he'll be on okay. A slightly, on a slightly lighter note, I bet you're glad AB isn't in Pittsburgh anymore because he can't wear the same helmet. <laughs> it has been glorious to watch all this happen exactly how I said it was going to happen. All the people that were like, "Oh, he's right. It was Ben's fault." And no, it was AB. He's crazy. He is crazy. But anyway, I don't want to get into sports here on today's High Score. This is a gaming show. So have you ever had moments where you played games and it affected you afterwards, other than the instance that you gave us with your wife where you were emotionally moved by a game and she kind of walked in? Um, yes. I'm, I'm, tr- I'm kind of struggling to figure, figure out what one um, – I would go to next because there's there's been so many. Was it? A, um, how about have you ever had a negative reaction where you feel like you quit playing a game, and then you went out and maybe you were more aggressive or you were angry or I call maybe that you were violent. Any any instances like that? I call that Madden. The only time Madden. I've broken, a, <laughs> I, the only time I've broken a controller is playing Madden. Oh really? Yeah. I've never physically broken a controller. I have. I've given them a good toss many times, but I have never broken one. I've never thrown it that hard. One thing I do find myself doing if I get really frustrated and I'm holding a controller is I twist it. Yeah, I don't well, throw it and I don't try to smash it. I'll twist it as hard as I can. It's very weird. Like, I don't know why I do that, but I do. But, but I've never broken it, a controller doing that, so maybe it's good. So isn't it interesting, though? I've played plenty of video games that would be considered violent and a murder simulator and the only time that i've actually broken a controller was one that's rated e and (laughs) yeah that kind of goes to what i was saying like i'm not when we're talking about this stuff i'm not going to count when you just got frustrated because the game was hard or it had a glitch or something like that we're talking about the the content of games well they, they purposefully make it difficult that's that's the thing it's it's not the right okay when a game that i came away with a negative kind of sentimental feeling um i'd probably say the last of us because i I watched the yeah the first one I, i watched the intro and i came away with feeling like that's cheap that's a cheap earn it's like you try to gut punch me early on and i didn't like that i mean i feel like a lot of games do that honestly um life is strange i feel like kind of did that like it always seemed like they delivered a gut punch especially in the episode that ended the season um in season they'd have little cliffhangers but nothing like that and then always kind of the capper for each season 
would have something in it that would try to infuriate you, and it's an obvious tactic to get you come to come back for the next season and keep playing. Um, but it, to me, it's a cheap tactic. You know, I uh, I think that you can find ways narratively to make people want to come back without having to resort to some cheap thing that's just going to anger the player. Yeah, and making players angry makes them invested. Yeah, I mean, does it though? Does making them angry make them invested, or does providing a really good time for them make them invested? I suppose if I was a, an executive of a video game company, would I care as long as they're spending money? Right. Well, yeah, we know that. We know the game companies are <laughs> greedy as crap. I mean, yeah, they don't care. If they could put out AO games every month and they sold like 30 million, they would be putting out AO games every month. That's just the way the industry works. It's driven by money and greed. Yeah. I don't know where to go with this because I don't, I don't think that there's going to be a sensible resolution. I think there's going to be an emotional one and people's initial response to anything is always emotional and it can be very difficult to get people away from that initial emotional response. And it comes back to something that I asked you on Ask Shane Anything. It's like, why do we focus on the negative things on video games rather than the things that they can do to enrich people's experiences in in life and also help people get through difficult circumstances and no one's focusing on that because but it's don't you think that society in general the... society always tends to focus on the negative and ignore the positive i mean i hate to say it but we just kind of live in a pessimistic time i think so much stuff has been uncovered about people that we like i think it even goes back to like things like oj simpson some people may be too young to even know this, but O.J. Simpson, before... People have probably watched the TV show. Yeah, I mean, they've done a bunch of documentaries, and I think it was just like the 25th anniversary of the murders or whatever. But I think that was kind of a breaking point for American society because, and again, a lot of you may be too young to know this, but before those murders occurred, O.J. Simpson was an American hero. I mean, he was celebrated. People loved him. He was... One of the commentators on Monday Night Football. He was all over television commercials. He was in movies that people loved, like The Naked Gun. I mean, you could not turn on your television for more than an hour without seeing O.J. Simpson. And I think when people heard about the story, and I think most level-headed people knew that he committed the murders, I think it just kind of pulled the rug out from underneath everybody and just created this sense of unease for people where they're like, you know what? I don't feel like I can trust anybody anymore. And I wonder how much things like that have trickled down into our society to the point where we're just a bunch of pessimistic jerks. Are you looking for a response to that? Yeah, of course. I'm looking for a response to everything, McWomble. If you're drawing a blank, it's all good. You've you've already done a great job with your call. It looks like we got some other people in chat who want to jump in on this. So anything anything last thing you want to say before you uh, before you sign off? I love everyone. (laughs) You know what? I do too, man. I I really I don't really care what color or or whatever anybody is. I love everybody. Um, I give everybody a fair shake. I don't care where they come from, what they look like, or how they talk. I don't care. Like to me, they're people. 
Um, and so I'm with you on that, man. Like, I try to give everybody a fair shake. I let people show me whether they're good people or bad people. I don't let other people tell me where someone whether someone's a good person or a bad person. That's just kind of how yeah. I roll. But anyway, McWomble, thank you for your call. Uh, we're opening up the line here so someone else can call in. But as always, great call, McWomble. Have a great weekend. Happy Saturday. All right, man. Have a good one. All right, so if anyone else wants to jump in on this, this is a controversial topic, and we're willing to discuss it. So call in. We have a new caller. His name is, it appears to be, Lee Hooper. What's up, Lee? Welcome to today's high score. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Of course, man. Thanks for uh, joining the show. Lee is audio only today, but that's totally fine. What's your take on this, Lee? So I just wanted to comment on the gun thing because okay, uh, the thing that drives me nuts about this, and I just want to say first, I'm black, and I served in the military, so okay. it drives Thank me crazy. Thank you, by crazy. the way, for serving in the military. I appreciate it. Uh, I hate it when people start talking about guns. And they really have no idea what they're talking about. Are you talking about me specifically? No, no, not you specifically. Uh, there have been some people on your show that have, but not you specifically. Uh, I just want to say also that uh, before we – because this sounds like it's going to be more of a discussion about guns. And we don't want to stray too far from games, but, but it is important to this topic. I just want to, like, full disclosure, let you know that I grew up in the hills of West Virginia. I grew up with guns. I remember the day – when I was six or seven, that my dad took me. He had given me a BB gun when I was like four. And when I was six or seven, he took me out and taught me how to shoot. He taught me how to handle guns safely. And I lived with guns my entire adolescence. So I am not anti-gun. I just want to get that out of the, out of the way right away. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I just wanted to say, uh, to me, I mean, America is a violent culture. And America was pretty much founded on the gun so why do you think that america is a violent culture lee well it was founded in violence i mean that's literally how this land was taken it was no taken. you're right we it took was... it from native americans yeah right so By it was force. founded on the gun it, it it's always kind of been that way there's never really been a time in american history there weren't mass shootings we just didn't always call them mass shootings for example um, well, I don't know that I'd agree with that. I mean, I've, I've recently was in a discussion with someone online and my, my thing with guns is I have no problem with guns. I think everyone should be allowed to have a pistol, um, a hunting rifle and a shotgun. Semi-automatic rifles to me, no go. And the reason I say that is because you're right. There have been sh people shooting other people with guns since guns were invented. But there's a big difference between shootings that happen with a bolt-action rifle and shootings that happen with semi-automatics. Um, well, I, I agree. I mean, the, the, the thing is, though, times change. So when the Second Amendment, for example, was wrote, I mean, guns were not semi-automatic. But that's the yeah, way it is. Yeah, they had no idea what was coming. I mean, right, so, think about so the weapon. It example, took, what? Well, how long does it take to reload a musket? Like two minutes or something? Right. Like, I mean, when they example, when they wrote the Constitution in the Second Amendment, there were muskets that took two minutes to reload. Right. I was going to say, just for example, like I own a I own an AR-15, and okay. I was in the military, so I shot M16s. Yep. Those two don't shoot nowhere near the same speed. The military versions full auto fire. Yeah, but I mean, if you're burst. if you're a gun Ours guy, you know as well as I do. 
that it's very easy to modify those guns to make them fully automatic. You know that. It's against whether the you law. do it with a bump stock or whether you get a file and file it down. Again, like, I know guns. Like, I know a lot of people who talk about this stuff and say we need gun laws don't know squat about guns. I do. I, again, I grew up with guns. And you know as well as I do, it's very easy to modify a semi-automatic to be fully automatic. Well, I'm, 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 uh, what I'm saying is, you know, anybody that wants to break the law can break the law. I mean, for yep. them to try to use video games as a scapegoat, I'm like, okay, video games didn't make people start to become violent. I'm like, you can argue the reasons why we're getting more violent all of a sudden, it seems like. But I tell people, I'm like, an AR-15 is nothing in the military. It, it's nothing. That's, they're called small arms for a reason. I get that, but out in the out in society, they're not small arms. They're big arms. Like one of the things I saw was an interview with one of the policemen from Dayton, and he said that they, you know, first of all, the first responders in Dayton were amazing. Like they killed that guy within thirty seconds after the shooting started. That is incredible. But what one of the police officers said was, we were rolling up on the scene with handguns, and we could hear the guy's gun before we got to the scene and they knew they're like probably some of us are going to die because we have pistols he has a fully automatic rifle and there's an example that guy's rifle was fully automatic i mean it sounded like like it sounded like machine gun fire when he was firing his gun and so they ran into harm's way thinking that several of them were going to be killed and that police officer said i'm tired of going up against people who have more firepower than we do. He's like, this is just one instance. We deal with this all the time when we go to house calls. There's some guy inside who's got an AR-15 or whatever, and we're walking up to the door with a pistol, and we feel like we're outgunned by people in our society. So, you know, you're right. In the military, those guns aren't the weapon of choice, but out on the street, that's kind of a different story, don't you think? Well, I mean, I mean, but... that. I mean, I'm not being funny, but you you also live a lot in California. Like, I'm from Texas. So here I can carry my pistol out in the open, and it's not any problem. Nobody's going to jump or there's, nobody's going to start crying about it. And How do you, do you my, think that's the case if you took an AR-15 to Walmart? I wouldn't take my AR-15 to Walmart. No, you wouldn't like because I, you're, but, you're sane. No, 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 no. I wouldn't take my AR-15 to Walmart because I'm black. Oh, well, it's like what I said earlier. If that kid had done that and he was black or brown, he would be dead. At least I think he would be dead. Because even where you're from, I mean, over there in California, like they never had a problem. They didn't, There were people getting shot. No one had a problem with people walking around with rifles and guns until black people did it. Then Reagan decided we need to stop that. So the, to no, you're me, absolutely right. Reagan so also, me, by the way, Reagan thing. also, by the way, is the one who closed down all the insane asylums. He's also the one who'd stripped funding for mental health services. And I know Reagan to a lot of people is like this god or whatever, but if you really dig into what Reagan did, like right now, the homeless situation that we have in California that all around the nation people are reporting on and calling our, our state a cesspool. And the reason there are so many homeless people here is because Reagan kicked them out of the insane asylums back in the 80s. And they've been living on the streets ever since because no one has refunded mental health. And again, that's a problem on both sides. No, both sides have decided, hey, you know what? Mental health isn't something that we want to dedicate a lot of resources to. 
Oh, I agree. I mean, I, I, my thing is, I, you know, I don't listen. Like, in this, if the state of California doesn't want that and the state of Texas is fine with it, I, I'm fine with that if I visit California following their law. But the, like I said, the problem that I have is I don't like it being made like everybody's getting shot with an AR-15. Like, practically nobody gets shot with an AR-15. Like, that's a very rare instance. I think, but, the, but I think the problem, recently, though, that though. people have is that it just when these shootings happen where more than a few people are killed, they almost it's almost always an AR-15 or some other semi-automatic semi-automatic rifle in that class. But, well, well, I was going to say, yeah, it's a semi-automatic, but not a not an AR or an AK or something like that. Like Columbine, they did, when you're when you're attacking people and they have no weapons, how are they going to fight back? Like in Columbine, a sawed off double barrel shotgun and pump shotgun i mean in a 10 round magazine okay well you can kill a lot of people like that because they have nothing right well i think it's fear um i don't know personally at least i would like to think so if i were ever involved in a mass shooting uh if that person had a pistol or a shotgun or a bolt action rifle or a knife that gives you an opportunity to do something. You can oh, tackle them and you can take them down. No, but when they no, have no, like no. A, a machine gun, basically, I, I don't know that you have a window to do that stuff. And when they can take a clip out that had 37 bullets in it and in two seconds shove another clip in it that has 37 bullets in it, you don't get that reprieve to actually try to do something to help the other people around you. Well, I, I would say... Um... If you were to look in, like here in Texas, we used to couldn't care. We used to couldn't keep guns, and mm -hmm. you know, you get arrested if you got pulled over for it. Yeah. And then we had a shooting called the Luby shooting. Okay. And in that shooting, all he had was a handgun, and he cleaned house. I mean, a lot of that depends on how brave the people are that are around. Well, there honestly. were people that there were there were people that tried to charge him. They lost their lives. I mean, it's just real simple. They he had the gun. And they did. And I tell people, if you think someone with a revolver can't kill 20 people in a minute and a half or a minute, I'm like, you've got some video watching to do. Well, it depends on the size of the clip, right? And isn't that another point of contention that people want to get rid of gigantic clips? Well, they, they, like I said, well, I was using the revolver as an example because a lot of people I think mean, look, you can't kill slower. 20 people with a six-shooter. You can't. Trust me, at least if I'm there, you're not killing 20 people with a six-shooter because when you fire that sixth bullet, I'm coming after your ass while you try to pluck a bullet into each one of those six chambers. Well, there's a no, no, there's a lot of revolvers that carry a lot more and a but lot less. But see, that's what we're talking about, the high-capacity magazines. And I'm just saying, like, you know, the difference, the difference is if somebody's trained and know what they're doing and you don't, your chances are just about none. I disagree with that. I completely disagree with that. Okay. Well, I, I can understand that. But I, I wanted to ask you one other thing before I got off. Okay. Uh, it, it's related to something different, but it's related to games. Okay. I just wanted to hear your – because I've listened to y'all talk about how you feel. Uh, I understand that you want the best version of a game. That's why y'all choose to play on console. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, the best versions oftentimes are on PC. But the thing that, uh, but the thing that I don't understand is y'all talk about the importance of the console, and I'm like, well, if you're looking at the sales number, I mean the actual numbers of the money, where the money's made, I'm like, mobile and PC have walked all over consoles for years. I mean, they're uh, not. Even, I mean, mobile lately for sure. 
Well, mobile's 50% of the market, PC's 25% of the market, and the other 25% split between all the consoles. Yeah. So they're walking all over them. I mean, they're not even close. And I'm like, I, I don't have a problem with consoles. I don't have a problem with people playing on whatever they want to play on. But I just don't understand why people think that the console is so important as in uh, continuing to, to drive along with video games. Well, I think a big part of it for us is we're based in the U.S., and I think if you look worldwide, sure, maybe. I, I don't know where you're getting your data from. I, I don't believe that PC gaming is destroying console gaming even worldwide. But I know for a fact in the U.S., console gaming does destroy PC gaming. If you look at the number of copies sold for each game, it's not even close. I mean, look at like uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Perfect example. Gigantic game that people play on all platforms. The, the PC version is sold so poorly that a month after, it was hard to get a game of multiplayer on that game. And there are certain genres that thrive on PC, and they're always going to sell better on PC. MOBAs, always going to sell better on PC. Just just a fact. Real-time strategy games, always going to sell better on PC because it has the superior interface. There was a time where first-person shooters dominated on PC, but that's all changed. Um, so maybe worldwide PC gaming beats console gaming, but in the U.S. it's not even close. Well, I, I was going to say that uh, the only reason I was saying that is I agree with you that uh, definitely certain genres sell better on console. I, yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I'm, I'm surprised, I'm honestly, that shooters have become more popular on console because undoubtedly a mouse and keyboard is a superior way to play that genre. Though, lately, we've seen some esports folks be able to win with controllers, which, like, blows my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Like, I couldn't imagine playing against a good PC player with a controller and beating them. I just, I've played long enough to know that, to me, that's not even possible. So, maybe the people who are playing Fortnite on PC are just a bunch of noobs. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was just looking at the actual amount of the market that they pick up so to me i'm like no i mean they'll get outsold in certain spots yeah i'm a pc player but uh i'm cheering for mobile and the only reason i'm cheering for mobile is i, I just want people to be able to play because i want the game to make as much money as it can make me too so we can keep getting the game so i don't care for exclusives i understand they're important for some people like you know you're trying to sell a console but for me ultimately Anything that can get more people to play so they can make more money so we can get more of it is a, is a go for me. I agree with you 1,000%, Lee. And I wish more people had our attitude and just wanted the industry to do well in general and didn't create these kind of tribal divides where I'm a, I'm a PC guy or I'm an Xbox guy or I'm a Nintendo fan or I'm a Sony fan. I mean, I got over that so long ago when I was like a teenager. Um, but it seems like it just, I keep thinking that like, that every successive generation of consoles, it's going to go away and it just never does. <laughs> it's, uh, I think people just like to argue on the internet and if they don't choose a side, they can't do it. <laughs> I appreciate you taking my call. Oh, Lee, thanks for calling in, man. It was great to get a different perspective, especially someone who's been in the military. And again, thank you so much for your service, man. I mean, I oh, mean it. I really mean it from the bottom of my heart. Oh, and by the way, I, I did join on Patreon. Oh, hey, thanks, man. I appreciate that. All and right. uh, hey, please come back next week, man. We want people like you who are intelligent and have uh, a lot of insights that maybe come from a different perspective from ours. So we'll see you back here next Saturday at uh, 2 p.m. Pacific.
All right, thank you. Have a great night, Lee. Great call. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for people who have different perspectives so that we can debate this stuff. Um, and I did like, too, that Lee brought it back around to games after a bit, because this is a gaming show, and we don't want to get in a gigantic political debate about guns. Um, all right, we got another call. I knew this topic was going to be huge. Here's uh, Mikey Mike's Q. Hey, Shane. How's it going? What's going on, man? How are you today? Hey, uh, do you see my camera? Um, I do not see your camera, actually. There it should. Oh, there you are. There What's going on, man? Let me get you onto the show here. For those of you who are wondering, like, I know sometimes, like, the screen will go dark during this show. Um, that's because I am running a trike. I'm doing three things. I'm trying to be a host of a show and have an intelligent conversation. I'm answering the stuff on this side from Skype. And on this side, I'm running the TriCaster. So... Please forgive me if there's a couple seconds of black. Generally what happens is I get really involved in a discussion with one of you, and I totally paw, or I totally space on the fact that our B-roll has run out. So this is all about discussion, and I think we're having good discussion here. So what's your perspective? What's going on? To answer your very original actual question of have you ever had video games affect you in a certain way? Yeah. And uh, I absolutely have had video games affect me in a, uh, most of the time. It comes from one of two things, either an actual tweak in a story that involved a character that I felt I had started to get some sort of attachment to. Mm -hmm. And uh, a couple of times I did have to like shoo my wife out of the room. I'm like, this is 35 hours of payoff. Like, I can't answer your question about the groceries right now. Um, (laughs) And and, um, so that's one. And then the other uh, way... It affects is mostly when I'm playing games unhealthily and play them way too long, way too late into the night. Are you talking about I, like a bender where you like just give up a whole weekend to play in a game? Or just even when it goes like six or eight hours and my wife doesn't know it's been six or eight hours of me <laughs> playing that game. And like and I sneak into the bedroom at 4 a.m. and then like I can't get to sleep because I'm like, oh, oh like that place I didn't check there in Hollow Knight. Oh, where am I going now? <laughs> like, and then, And then I like wake up thinking about like, did I, did I do everything I could have done for that? Like, and and it, and it's bad because it's been affecting me. Like, makes me think, sleep, eat, um, whatever I'm doing. And so, those are the two main ways that video games have affected me. Um, but to get to the question of what it's after, of like, have I ever played a game, um, and wanted to go out in a way edify or imitate the game? Yeah. And some games, yes. Uh, but those were games that involved. Uh, bows and arrows, swords, and other stuff like that, and okay. I would be I would be inspired by some of those to actually go out and make said items because, like, I've called in once or twice while making metalwork stuff to this show. Yeah, and I remember that. That was great. Yeah, you were so, outside. Uh, you one time you were on this show and you were outside. Oh yeah, I was outside and I was welding, and I pulled out my phone. And I'm like, I gotta jump in on this, and so yeah. I'm sitting there with a welding helmet on. And that's um, one thing to keep in mind, folks. Like, you can literally just use your phone to come on this show, and you can turn off video if you want, come in and audio as Lee did, the last caller who was great. Um, but you can do this anywhere. You can be. I'm not gonna recommend doing it while you're driving your car, but you can. So mm-hmm. yeah, just keep that in mind. Yeah. So and so it generally inspires me in a positive way. To go, to go and create something, not destroy something. Interesting. And and that and that's and that's the short that's the short answer of it. Like, um, uh, there's been items I've worked on because I was like, wow, that thing in Bloodborne is really cool. I want to try and make a version of 
one of those weapons, or I want to make a weapon that crosses uh, two different genres of things. And so mostly video games inspire me to create either um, physically with wood and steel or to write small stories or like I'm working on a video game. Uh, it's going very slow. Oh, wow. I, I wish I was. Good I luck. Wish I was a, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. And, it, and it's for me. It's it's uh -huh. I have I have no illusions of it ever giving me a scent or maybe even anyone else playing it. But it's it's for me. So video game, the short answer to your question, most of the time they inspire me to create, not to destroy, even if it is a game full of uh, death and destruction about other stuff like that. So you feel like they 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 motivate you to do good things. Can you think of any times where that was the opposite? Well, if not motivated me to do bad things, um, there were some games that did um, kind of like sicken me a bit um, and just made me unhappy. <laughs> what <laughs> me can unhappy. you can you pluck out any specific games? Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of that name. It was the. Uh, Spe oh, spec up the line. Oh uh, yeah, I think a lot of people point to that yeah, game that... as as one that disturbed them. I mean, I played it, mm -hmm. and it didn't affect me after I got done playing it, as far as like how I interacted with others. But it definitely, exactly. I felt like there was this cloud kind of following me around for a while after I got done because some of the subject matter in that game is really heavy. And it yeah. also kind of crosses the line, and this is something that Call of Duty Modern Warfare is doing as well, the mm -hmm. new Call of Duty that's coming. They kind of cross the line that games generally don't cross with chemical weapons. Uh, yeah, I think there was and, sarin gas in yeah. uh, Spec Ops The Line, and there's that yeah. one scene where, like, basically a guy just, like, melts from the sarin. Like, I, I well, yeah, we need a, that stuff to understand the realities the of war, the... but... There's also the scenes with the white phosphoring of the white uh, phosphorus. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and uh, Call but... of Duty, one of the one of the kill streaks in the new Call of Duty, I believe, is either white phosphorus or sarin gas. And for that whatever reason, nasty. that's just a a bridge that, that games have never crossed or rarely crossed, kind of until now. Or they usually use those. Um items as something that the bad guy is doing right and ergo, you have to stop them. yeah they're using it on everybody else and you need to be the good guy and stop them yeah you don't use it usually as the player correct but what i did want to answer is um in i know in my family we like i never get, like was playing a video game and wanted to go up and i don't know, do something harmful to someone else but in my family all the time uh when we were young kids, watching martial arts movies would inspire us to go kick and punch the living bejeebers out of each other. Yeah. Like, not because not we wanted to hurt them, but because, like, I wow, think a lot of people have so... pointed that out, that, like, yeah. kids will play, like, Smash Brothers or whatever, and then after they're done, they kind of reenact what happened in the game in with their yeah. friends or whatever. I, I can see that, absolutely. Yeah. Like, and my, my niece, uh, uh, my niece, like watches her dad play a bunch of video games and watches like some movies and stuff with him. And my niece who is three years old, uh, someone, I don't know how the subject came up, but they were talking about strangers and she's like, yeah. And if a stranger came in the house, I would take that sword off the wall and hit him. And I'm like, what? 
<laughs> and this this girl is three years old. She's the sweetest, like, like, like pink princess. Like, love her sister, take care of her younger brother. But in her mind, she's like, oh yes, bad people. You are supposed to smite them with the sword. And I'm like, what the? Did you ask her where she got that from? Oh, I knew. She's like, I got it from watching you. It's like those old bag drug commercials from the 80s where the kids like, I I learned to smoke pot by watching you. Yeah. Or or that uh, uh, the cats in the cradle, like my son was just like me. Yeah. yeah. um, But so to be honest, non-interactive entertainment has been more of an inspiration, I guess, like for me to kick punch or do violent stuff like that. But it was always in fun. It's like, oh, like, it'd be so cool to, you know, kick my brother if he flew, like, 15 feet across the room and seemed to be unscathed. And we got up and kept fighting. But, you know, it's not how it happens. And your parents say, hey, dude, don't do that. Yeah. But my parents, I also got mixed messages from my parents because uh, one Christmas uh, they had found at Ollie's Discount uh, Market, they found 12 pairs of those gigantic green Hulk gloves. <laughs> And bought it for the whole family. So the uh, whole family had giant green fists and was going around pummeling each other on Christmas Day. It was great. <laughs> Not video game related, by the way. It's, exactly. Like, that's what I'm saying. I've um, Video games themselves have never really ever given me an inclination to do any of that stuff. Um, some video games, actually, like the very gun porn ones, actually have inspired me because I do. I do collect and I do own firearms. Yeah. Um, They've inspired me to look at different builds and stuff. Uh-huh. Most of it, um, just because I really enjoy those ins and outs and the actual manufacturer of firearms. But no, video games themselves have never inspired me to do anything violent to anyone else. Since you enjoy guns, maybe before you go, you can yeah. give us kind of our take on guns or on games instead of guns being blamed for mass shootings. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. I'm like my household itself kind of has both sides of the, I don't know, people's claims and arguments because I mean, I would do tons of things, but I I do own guns and I do uh, enjoy shooting sports. Mm -hmm. Uh, But my wife is a um, mental health counselor. Oh, and so she you do have both sides there. Yeah, no, she uh, and she. The thing is, the thing when she has to come home and. Uh, debrief to me about so much um, emotional and physical violence that her different uh, clients go through because she works with a lot of the uh, Medicaid and um, uh, basically the poorest level of uh, people who are looking for looking for uh, so she deals with people who can't afford health insurance and most of the time there like she is their only outlet for mental health help correct she okay. works with she works with catholic charities out of harrisburg and so most of her clients are um uh some of the poorest uh and ones who are say court mandated sometimes to get counseling and those who just really need it who are either uh recovering from drug and alcohol problems um or have just been in terrible situations and i love the painting she, of the two of you in the background by the way Oh, thank you. My, uh, <laughs> it's like you're talking about her and we know what she yep. looks like because we can see her yep. there. Yep. Um, and the the thing I see the most is like she she actually enjoys shooting guns with me occasionally. Uh, but like she on the whole doesn't like them herself. But when she is debriefing me 
without using anyone's name, of course, but yeah. she has to debrief about the different things that happen with her clients. Um, she's never mentioning like these people who've been so through so many terrible things and some of the stories that these people have claimed uh, to have been like part of prostitution rings and stuff like that and seeing yeah. people like attacked and beat up and killed and stuff like that um, over drugs and over all sorts of horrible things. I see that the problem itself um, is so much deeper than just what people are using because most of her clients, um, most of her clients never interacted with a gun at all. And uh, they still were around multiple deaths of friends and families and stuff like that. And I don't have an answer for you. Um, here, I'll, I'll give you my attitude. If okay. me turning in, throwing away, destroying every single gun I had, if I knew that that would save someone else's life or if that would stop something, I would do it right now. I'd get up out of my computer and go destroy my firearms. But I don't believe that that is the answer. Um, but I believe that there has to be some work on both sides that there is problem with, because the United States, yes, it is the number one gun ownership country in the world. That is indisputable. Oh yeah. I mean, but you saw the chart that we ran on game face. I'm assuming. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I saw that before. Um, but we're 86 in the world for violent crimes. And I'm not talking about mass shootings. I'm talking about violent crimes is where um, someone died because someone else did something against them. Like Really? We're 86th? 86th. Uh, 86th I'd like to see world. that data. I don't know if well, I believe that. Well, I'm, I'm using the two articles off of, I'm, uh, um, off of Wikipedia. If you, if, you look, if you look at gun ownership and uh, violent crimes... Like both of those articles are from the Wikipedia, and that's so we have that's what, that. Why I'm having a problem believing that data is because we have far and away the most violent gun crime. So you're saying all other forms of violent crime were way below the curve because we'd have to be to kind of get back to that mean. You see what I'm saying? No, no, yeah, I no, I do. Um, and but what um. The like the the stuff for mass shootings. Part of their criteria is that um, it can't be gang related, and it has to be in a public venue, and it can't be part of like a robbery or some other crime. Right. And and so it has that, to be a shooting just for the sake of shooting and killing people. Can, there correct. there can't be any other motivation other than that. Yeah. Correct. And so and so a lot of other places where. It's death with guns or other things because of some other reason, or it happens to be in a private residence. It doesn't count towards the mass shootings. But like I, I'm not, I'm not here to say that because I don't believe the United States is the most violent country in the world. Which I believe. Which country do you think is the most violent in the world? I want to hear. I thought it was Brazil, but um, or Venezuela Brazil. maybe. Um, Venezuela actually, uh, is like number, I forget, like eight or something. I mean, like after that. the last 12 months, it's, I'm, I'm guessing at this point, it's probably yeah. going to be number one for 2019. Yeah. And, and, or maybe Hong that, Kong actually with what's going, what's going on in, in Hong yeah. Kong right now, that city in particular, the crime rate there probably is going to skyrocket. Yeah. But, um, so my, my thing is I 
I personally own like a couple of guns and I, most of my family being like here in Western or Southern Pennsylvania, we enjoy gun culture and stuff Oh, come like on. That. You're a central PA guy. <laughs> yeah. So, so, South central. Yeah. South yeah. Central. If, uh, at least, you know, I'm from Pennsylvania. And so if yeah. you're not from Pittsburgh or Philadelphia, you're just a central PA person. Yeah. We're, we're, we're the, the forgotten middle. We're, we're the, the drive through areas of Pennsylvania. We're the forgotten middle. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, to answer your question, uh, I think there there's other problems in this country that are being people are expressing. Uh, there's like the racist shit, yeah. the um, like the Nazi shit, like all sorts of stuff like that. Of course, people don't want those people having guns. Like, and this. Well, I think, of of course, some people don't want those people having guns. There are absolutely a lot of people in America that are a-okay with those people having guns. But me as a me, like I am, I am a Republican. But even me, a Republican who owns and enjoys um, firing, um, like gun culture. I mean, that's typical Republican, isn't it? (laughs) No, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe it is. But, but I'm saying as a typical. You could call me a typical Republican, but I still think that there is tons of stuff that we need to do for people to responsibly um, own firearms. And most of my friends, like we have some of the cool, like the cool neat guns, but all of us have gone through the paperwork and spent the hundreds of dollars in taxes, like just for the permits to be able to use those and um, to use those guns. And we, none of us have ever been arrested for doing none of us have done any of those things like that you're talking about that it's easy to do like i easily could have um like you're not a mass murderer i know but i'm saying (laughs) the problem is is the people who do want to do this stuff can do it very easily correct and that's and that's part of what i'm saying if we if we ban them if we ban guns or whatever that doesn't i don't think anyone wants to ban guns they want to ban semi-automatic assault rifles well, Ian McGar wants to ban guns. Well, I don't. <laughs> I, it's like I said earlier, I think everyone should have a rifle, a shotgun, and a pistol. Semi-automatics yeah. can go. Uh, my friends who are really into semi-automatics from West Virginia, even they yep. can't give me a good reason why they need them. They're just like, I like them. I like to shoot them. They're fun. And then I, I ask them, oh. but is that yep. entertainment worth the lives of these people who are dying to them? And he, that's where the conversation just kind of ends. Yeah, no, and and I will fully admit most of what I have them for is recreation. Yeah, that's like, all I, I have will, them for. They're like, I just I go will, for target practice. I'm like, bro, you can't stop like target practice mm-hmm. to save some lives. Like, come on, and, man. And that was, and that's why I opened with that thing. It's like, if me stopping, if me not having that stuff saved someone's life, I would do it in a heartbeat. But you don't know it, what hap- Like, what if someone steals your gun and goes and does something with it? files it down and turns it into fully automatic and then goes on a shooting spree. The The root of the problem is the instrument that allows the mentally unstable person to use it for evil. Yeah. And all that, that all that work that you, all that work that you uh, just described, that's a lot of work for someone to go through to be able to do that. And then we, ha- and then we had a guy um, over in Japan who, because he was angry and mentally unstable, took $5 worth of gasoline 
and burned down an anime studio and yeah. killed 35 people. Yep. I'm saying that guy invested 10 bucks worth of materials and killed 35 people. Yep. You're right. But that was kind of the first time that someone had used that tactic. And usually when that happens, people start becoming more alert. Like I guarantee right now, people in Japan are like, okay, what do we have to do to make sure someone can't just come into our building with a can of gas and kill us all? Yeah, um, it's like when, when in Europe, when they started using vehicles to try to kill people and they started installing the pillars around the areas, mm -hmm. it has to happen the first time. And then what matters is how you react to it after that. And also, I feel like yeah. the show is getting way too about guns and not enough about games, but that's, that's it, why it kind of to, is all wrapped together. To, that's why I tried to open up with yeah, the actual you. question yeah, I hear <laughs> because, you. because I knew I could talk long about the gun side of it, and I wanted to actually answer your question. Yeah, I mean, so. and look, again, like, I'm glad that you called because it's good to get the perspective of other people who have dif different beliefs or different ideas than than I do. And uh, I don't even know that you and I do have different ideals. You like guns more than I do, but I think we both kind of have the same idea as far as how we can fix it. Mental health, I'm a little leaning a little more heavily on gun control than you, but I think we both agree that it needs to be a two-pronged approach. Yeah. People, people not wanting to harm other people for whatever reason, whether they had a falling out, whether they're a different color skin, whether or not they're a different political persuasion from another country, people not wanting to hurt each other over stupid, pitiful, like abysmal crap like that would be a wonderful start. There's a lot of That's miserable a, people in our society now. I think a lot of it has to do with social media because everyone on social media puts on their best face and it makes it seem like everyone has a great life. And then the people who don't have great lives are like, wait a minute, and what am I doing wrong? Why, why do I have to live this way? I, th I think that has a lot yeah. to do with it. Um, there's yeah. no scientific data on that. That's just anecdotal evidence from me. So yeah. take that for what it's worth. But all right. So I yeah, I just wanted to make sure to to, to chirp in because I know some sometimes I have a, a a slightly less represented viewpoint uh actually just mostly from uh the video game industry because there's so much of it is uh west coast based a lot of people share a lot of um a, a lot of political opinions and stuff that aren't or that are much more uh i don't know well well i'll say this i think it's a misnomer that people in california don't like guns that's in, not oh, true no. No, I mean, I think a lot of people no, around not. the world in the country are like, oh, it's California. They hate guns. No, there's people here love guns just as much as they do everywhere else. But I think what you see in California, and obviously I've I noticed it before I moved here. Now that I've, I've lived here for a while, it's even more obvious to me is most stuff starts in California and then it gets assimilated out to the rest of the country. Some stuff takes longer than others, to, depending on the areas it's assimilating to. But most of the stuff starts here, and then eventually it spreads around the rest of the country. And uh, I think probably what will happen is California will figure it out, um, and they'll take a step that will seem extreme at first, just like a lot of the other laws that California passes at first. It'll seem crazy at first, but over time you'll start seeing the data um, I think a good thing to look at is like uh, marijuana, for instance. Everyone was like, oh, demonized marijuana. California legalizes it. They put out the numbers of all the taxes that they're collecting. Again, money, blood money. 
They put out all the data on all the money they're making off of the taxes, and now all of a sudden, a lot of states who would have never dreamed of legalizing marijuana are like, okay, well, let's start with medicinal, and then we'll go to recreational, just like California did. And I have a feeling that laws and mental health stuff are probably going to start here because in all honesty, where mental health is concerned, California has the biggest crisis of them all. So a lot of times necessity is the mother of invention. And I have a feeling that might happen with California and gun related deaths as well. But the amount of things you guys think uh, cause cancer is still astounding to me. Well, don't say you, because I'm not. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. I think that's another problem is that everybody stereotypes people who live in California and they think they're all the same. And that is not the case at all. No, no, no. I've I've, I've visited your I visited uh, the fine state of California a couple of times and I love the state. Yeah, Uh, it's just it's just uh, really difficult to uh, have some conversations with some people from there. Um, But uh but no, thank you very much for having me on the show. Thanks for being and, on. Hey, uh, you always do a great job in this show. Call back every week, please. All right, let's get someone else in here. All right, man. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. You too. All right. Wow, this is amazing. These calls are great. <laughs> uh, you guys are doing an amazing job. You're totally knocking it out of the park. Oh, I just somehow I just closed Skype. So you're going to have to give me a minute to get it back up. Um, I wouldn't mind taking another call on this topic because I can look at chat and I can tell that you guys really want to talk about it. All right, I'll take one more and that's it and then we're going to move on. All right, here we got, it appears to be Daniel McAndrew. Are you there, Daniel? Hi, Shane. How are you? Hey, I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm, uh, it's Saturday and I'm hanging out with a bunch of gamers talking about gamer stuff. It's hard to be too pissed off when that's the case. How's your weekend going right now? Just trying to sort out my camera for you. There he is. What's up, Sorry. Daniel? Welcome is to today's high score. Oh, you're, you just disappeared. Sorry. Just trying to sort out my camera. There it's we all go. good, man. Okay, perfect. There he is. Perfect. Do we got you for good now? Yeah, I'm just pausing the stream as well because it's slightly delayed and then I can hear myself twice. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you get that echo or whatever. So what's your yeah. take on this stuff? And this is our last call on this. And we have, again, <laughs> this show... This show always works out like this. Like I bust my butt and I put together all these topics. Like I have like seven topics for today. <laughs> We're still on the first topic and technically the show is supposed to be over in like 15 minutes. But again, to me, the show is more about great discussion than making sure that all of my pre-show work comes to fruition. And I knew this topic was going to generate a lot of calls and I'm glad it has because it's something that we need to talk about. So what's your take, Daniel? So um, I jumped in a bit late, so I only saw the last two callers. So it's quite okay. interesting to hear their perspectives. Sure. And obviously, being from the UK, it's for us, it's just quite like interesting to feel from the outside in and what people think on the ground. Um, I think I completely agree with you in the whole semi-automatic weapon situation. I don't really see the point of using those, and also the fact that how you can blame guns into the video game like blame video games for causing gun violence seems a bit far-fetched to a point um but i think, I th- the I think main part theory- of the problem is is that the theories that people throw out there make can kind of make sense to people because they'll often say video games desensitize you to violence or to gun violence and i could see where an average person who doesn't play games or maybe isn't interested in violent films or violent television would be like, that makes sense to me. If you see 
a lot of people being killed by guns, then the next time you see it, it doesn't impact you as much. Now, whether that's true or not, who freaking knows? But the point is, is I can see where some people may look at that and say, that's enough proof for me. Yeah, I think the issue, I think a lot of people, like the last two people who are discussing about it, I think the, my, my main issue is that it is the access to the guns. Like, as in the, the, um, the fact, the link between video game violence and using those semi-automatic weapons on Call of Duty and then being able to do it in real life in most of the world isn't a possibility. Yeah. So in the US, uh, the, you know, I'm not saying just playing devil's advocate, in the US they can then go to a shop and be in that Call of Duty like mode if that's the, way you're, that's the way they're trying to trend down. So just ban semi-automatic weapons. And then you've cut off that uh, that line, and then you can't blame violent games for violent action like that because they can't get hold of them. Yeah, well, I mean, so that lot, could be the rebuttal. That could I mean, be look, the, I've been in enough of these discussions that, that I can tell saying. you exactly what a gun enthusiast would rebut that with. I mean, oh, yeah, they will say no, you I'm, can't get rid of the guns, and they're absolutely right. It's not like we can say um, assault rifles or semi-automatics are banned and snap our fingers, and the next day all those guns just magically disappear. They're going to be there. But my contention is you got to start somewhere. You can't just keep putting it off because you're right. It's not going to change things probably next year, maybe a little bit in two years, maybe a little bit more in three years. But when you get 10 to 15 years down the road, it will make a huge difference. Those weapons break. People lose them. Uh, people give them away. Like stopping the flow you have to do it at some point or you're just doing nothing is the worst thing you can do and that's pretty much what we've done time and time again and people just try to find the easy excuse which is always video games video. for yeah. whatever and reason think, it's always video games and i think what's made it easier to scapegoat video games is the recent and looking at slightly with game addiction and that people like children, because I'm you know, I'm a school teacher, so I work with kids, and in the classroom, them reacting with losing their even their mobile game or being they're having their console confiscated for them, they act in an angry way. Yeah. And I th sometimes think it's also on the parents allowing them to play games that aren't age appropriate. It's like I wouldn't take my ten-year-old to an 18 or an R-rated movie. In the in the US in the in the UK, a lot of parents wouldn't do that. I've sat down with parents and parents this evening and said, "Your child's playing this game. Do you think that's a why are you allowing that? Would you take them to this film?" They said, "Oh no, of course not." I was like, "Well, that's what the certificate's there for. It's right. not there. Yeah, that's what just, ratings are for." The, and a lot of them go, "Oh, we didn't realize." And I and it's just that education in some ways that like, and I think that doesn't help. So then they so then they see that and then the game addiction thing and they kind of bring that into the discussion to a point to then go oh it must be video games and then we oh the the World Health Organization said well game addiction's a thing so now we can try and tag on the fact that guns violence is also maybe linked to video games as well. It's not a very good uh, sign I don't think personally and I'm sad really because I don't think games really. I should be blamed at all. They've got nothing to do with it. I think it's it's like anything, going to the cinema, it's like watching any violent film, any violent TV show, watching Game of Thrones, and then deciding you're a Dothraki man and going cutting people down with a with a sword. Like there's I think there's a it does get a bit silly when we start doing that. I think another um, problem I, too is that when things happen like Walmart 
the last couple of days where it yeah. took down signage for games and yeah, films, I that and then it Twitter. pulled it off. I'm the, I'm the... the problem is, is that they don't pay for that. Walmart doesn't pay for that. So people will be like, that's disgusting and that's stupid. But literally within an hour, they'll get in their car and they'll drive to Walmart and spend $200. And yeah. it's hard to get, it's easy to get people to speak with their mouths. It's harder to get people to speak with their money. Um, and yeah, I think that's been a problem is that a lot of people, and not just retail stores, but I think a lot of people know that they can have a controversial stance and the first couple days things might be a little rough, but it eventually blows over. And I think you can see that with what's happening with gun control right now with Mitch McConnell. Um, everyone's piling on him. He's, people are following him around Kentucky, like railing on him. He tries to do public speeches and people are chanting him down or whatever. And then he comes mm. out and he says, oh, you know what? We're going to deal with this. We're going to discuss gun control in the fall. So he knows. <laughs> He's like, okay, I'm going to deal with this crap for a few days until all this heat blows over. I've already said we're going to talk about this in the fall. By the time we get to the fall, everyone's going to forget about it and no one's going to care. I mean, look, if somebody can go into a school and kill a bunch of preschoolers and then nothing gets done, I mean, it's what's true. it going to take? Um, what's it going to take? It's interesting, uh, the last guy's stats, um, because I've been looking, while he was talking, I thought I'd do some own research. And violent crime is quite an interesting category to use, because that is knife crime, uh, using a blunt instrument, no instrument, so just punching someone, any of those things. But on mass shootings in 2019, the U.S. is number 10. Yeah, I mean, look, that and, data is – I mean, I, look, I don't want to, like, bust his balls. But no, to me, course. that data is garbage but, because but, people aren't going to commit crimes with knives in their fist because they but, have guns. Why but, would um, they use a knife or a fist when they can use a gun? I mean um, – so that- so that so sorry. So the U.S. is ten. Yeah, I mean that data is not good. Per yeah. hundred thousand people in the country, and above you is Honduras, Venezuela, El Salvador, Swaziland, Guatemala, Jamaica, Brazil, Colombia, Panama, and then if I carry on going, and if you just look at the list, and without being too uh, thinking about the world and stuff, it's quite interesting that you're really the only kind of modern technology first world country in that list that doesn't have. Uh, it's supposed to have a democracy in a, oh, in yeah. a, in a like I a mean, stable they're all like third world countries. Let's so, be honest. Yeah. yeah, yeah, basically. So that's what I was trying to say. So it's interesting that the US is like right in the middle of all these third world countries, and it just shows to me that when you've got like New Zealand, for instance, in six months they've banned semi-automatic weapons. <laughs> I mean, it didn't take that long. I thought their prime <laughs> no. minister did it in like two days. She did, but I think with legislation after and it things, had to go through all the yeah, checks and balances yeah. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, look, you can do it, but does it doesn't, and it's not going to change things overnight. Like I said earlier, it takes no. time. It takes time and for those weapons to break or for them to be given to some, or pe- for people to die. I mean, there are people in this country that have like five hundred guns. I'm not exaggerating. But, but, I know people that have like two hundred guns, well, and I'm, eventually I'm, I'm, those people die. And they're like, I'm going to hand all, give all my guns to my nephew or my niece. And their niece or their nephew is like, I don't want this crap. They take them to the police station. There's X number of guns off the street. It's, you can't have a defeatist attitude. You have to have the yeah. attitude that we want to try to get it fixed. And then you have to start trying to get it fixed and stick to it. Because the U.S. banned semi-automatic rifles in the 90s. And then it lasted like 10 years. And it came up to be renewed in Congress didn't renew it. So, mm. and if you look at the data, 
during that 10-year period, crime went down. Gun crimes went down. And if you can extrapolate that out across 50 years, imagine what can happen and how much our society can change. So anyway, I think we need to yeah. move on. But thank you for well, calling in. Oh, I was just going to say one more thing. Sorry. Um, about the gun. I've got no issue with America having guns because I worked in PA for a bit in summer camp and all the people's houses I went to afterwards in that in near Harrisburg, they all had massive gun safes. I'm just think the semi-automatics and just yep, me too. a bit. A oh, I've said it form. several times. So I'm okay with pistols. I'm okay yeah. with shotguns. I'm okay with one shot bolt action rifles. Buy a billion of those if you want. I'm totally cool with it. It's a gun that can kill 30 people in 30 seconds that I have a problem with. Yep. That's that's yep. kind of where I stand. Nobody, this is also a myth. Nobody wants to take away people's guns. It's like people go to absolutes. It's like, oh, you want gun control? You want to take all my guns? It's like, no, nobody wants to take all your guns. We want to get these killing machines off the street as quickly as we possibly can. That's really all it is. Well, I would, there are some people who is... hate all guns, but they're in the vast minority. What I'd be interested to see is is the people who have committed these crimes, how long have they had these automatic weapons for? Yeah. Because that, have they gone and bought them then? Because then it is a check in the system. And if they didn't have them on, then you, you said this, they were in the system. But actually, if a lot of these crimes were done because they picked up this weapon a month or six months or five months ago, then actually if it was banned, then that wouldn't happen. They might have got them on the black market, but that's a lot harder to do and sort out and all those kind of things. So I think you're right, banning in the first instance semi-automatic weapons would I think, honestly, definitely have a big impact. Yeah, I, we got to move on. We've yeah. been on this Sorry, topic yeah. for an hour yeah. and a half now. We may not even be able to do another topic. We're supposed to end the show in three minutes. We're going we're gonna to do another topic just because we kind of <laughs> need to. But I do want to thank all of you guys for calling in. Everybody was civil. Everyone spoke like adults. Nobody got aggro with each other. This is how we're supposed to discuss stuff. This is how we can all come to an agreement and we can finally make change. So uh, this has been an amazing discussion. I apologize to people maybe who are watching the archive and they're like, oh my God, this went way off the rails and hardly talked about video games. I think it's an important discussion that we all need to have. Um, and unfortunately, in our case, because we do love video games, it does directly relate to us. So thanks to everyone who called in. It was a great discussion. Uh, yeah, Cheers. this is great. This is what I. This is the type of stuff I hoped to have happen on today's high score when I very first launched it. So thanks for coming on the show, man. Have a great weekend. Cheers. All right, brother. All right, great calls. You guys are knocking it out of the park today. I really appreciate it. Again, we're here every uh, Saturday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. Um, usually we don't talk about stuff like this on today's high score. It's usually just all games, but uh, Special times call for special uh, considerations, and that's what we're doing here today. So let's let's move on to the next topic. I got one topic left, and I actually have like one, two, three, four, five left on the rundown, and I can only do one more. So I need to decide. I'll let you guys vote. How about that? So these are the remaining topics that I had for today's show. Um, 8K, and you guys may have seen a poll that we put up earlier today on our Twitter feed that we were going to roll into that. Um, Death Stranding no longer being a PS4 exclusive and just how important exclusives are anymore going forward. Um, the other story we're going to discuss was Take-Two sent a private investigator to a YouTuber's house to basically bust his balls and arrest him for leaks related to Borderlands 3. Um, and then the final discussion was going to be about Remedy and Control because Control is not tracking well and I wanted to have a discussion about Remedy's games. 
uh, to see if we could figure out why its games, despite being so high quality usually, do not do particularly well at retail. So choose in chat. Let me know which topic you guys want to tackle. Um, let's see. Now, you guys are still debating guns. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to pick then, since you guys aren't interested. You guys can debate amongst yourselves while I move on to the next topic. Um, let's see. Let's talk about 8K. Because, again, I put up a poll for this earlier, and we have... I don't know if we have data. I wouldn't call a, poll, a Twitter poll data, actually. We have some anecdotal evidence that we can go on. Uh, we can go through on this. So... 8K. I don't have a 4K TV. Um, and I'll just put up the poll right now and show you guys uh, what you guys are saying as far as what you have. So the poll was, what resolution is your current gaming TV? Some of y'all are still on 720p. I feel bad for you. Uh, I hope you guys can upgrade. Although... You're going to have to make a big jump because I went to a Best Buy last night and I could not find a 1080p TV. So you're going to make the jump from 720 to at least 4K at some point. Uh, then there's 1080p. Still hanging tough there. And then 4K with 56% is the winner. So most of you guys have upgraded to 4K at this point. Um, 8K. I think one person said they had an 8K TV. I don't know that they do. Um... Well, I don't know. So most people, the vast majority, are at 4K at this point. Second is 1080p, like me. Although, we do have a 4K TV. I had bought it for the office. Then we lost our office. I took it home. I put it in the bedroom. And now my wife won't give it up. So it's a, so we have a 4K TV in our bedroom. We get no 4K programming. And I've never hooked a console up to it other than when I had it at our old office. So we do own a 4K TV, but all my gaming happens at 1080p. So let's talk about 8K. They're asking for encores. I don't know what kind of encore you're looking for. Encore of what? Um, so let's talk about 8K. 8K is, and I've actually had problems trying to figure this out. I was doing research this morning, and I cannot figure out if 8K finally replaces film as far as resolution is concerned. I know Matt says it does. I've seen other people say that it doesn't. Um, truth be told, if you go to see a movie in a theater right now, the best that you can really hope for is generally is 2K. Uh, 4K, and I have the data here, 4K is in just 20% of theaters. So roughly... 20% of the films that you see are actually being projected in 4K. Um, if you go to Best Buy, there are bestbuy.com. Right now, there are just nine televisions available that display in 8K, and they run the gamut. The cheapest one is $3,000, and it's really small. And then the most expensive one is $70,000. Could you imagine going to Best Buy and plunking down your credit card and having them charge $70,000 to your credit card for a television, that seems crazy to me. Um, but maybe somebody did it. I don't know. Um, so 8K 
television still are a niche. And one thing I'll say too about myself still being a 1080p gamer is that I did buy a 1080p TV right at the end of the 1080p generation. So I got a Panasonic Plasma 65 inch with, it's like 120 Hertz. It's the best 1080p TV ever made basically. And I bought that right at the end of the 1080p era. So I am lucky, like I had a 720p TV that I bought at the beginning of the HD era. That lasted me for like nine years before I finally upgraded to a 1080p TV. And now I am kind of one of the people in the market that's looking to upgrade. But should you upgrade to 4K or should you wait and go to 8K? Now I realize some of you guys haven't really had a choice because maybe your TV died or you were sharing a TV with somebody who owned the TV and they took it away and you had to buy your own 1080p TV or your own TV. And the only thing that was available at that point is 4K. Because again, like I said, you can't really buy a 1080p TV at Best Buy anymore. Some of you guys have had to upgrade to 4K because you didn't have a choice. But let's be honest, there's hardly any 4K content at all. Um, If you use Netflix and Amazon or YouTube, Honestly, they're the best sources for that content. There is zero broadcast 4K content. The NFL has been touting 4K broadcasts for the Super Bowl for the last like three years, and it's never done it. It talks about it. It's in all the pre-promotion, the pre-marketing for the Super Bowl. And ultimately, when the day comes for them to broadcast it, it does not have a 4K signal. So even the biggest entertainment, sports, whatever, the most highly rated thing that happens on TV every year still doesn't run in 4K. And I know most of the people who watch this, and myself included, we all probably consume far more content on Netflix, on Amazon, on YouTube than we do than we do traditional services like DirecTV or cable television. But if you look at the actual data, the vast majority of people still consume most of their content via television, via DirecTV, Dish Network, Comcast Cable, whatever. We are the early adopters. We are the evangelists. I'm the person who goes to my mom's house for a visit and I tell her about the hot new stuff. My mom, by the way, does have a smart TV that does all that. We just bought her a brand new TV this last holiday season. And when I was home for a wedding a few weeks ago, I showed her that her TV could use YouTube and Netflix and Amazon. And her mind was blown. She had had the TV for six months and never even realized all the stuff that it did. And I have a feeling that there's a lot of people out there like my mom who either have no clue that their new TV does that stuff or just have no interest whatsoever in it in the first place. So what is it that's going to get us to 8K when 4K seems like a complete missed opportunity? This is your chance to call in. Hit us up at Sifted Games on Skype. Um. What will it take for you to buy an 8K TV? Got a caller. Mike's Q is back. What's up? Hey, Shane, I'll make this quick. Um, the uh, And it was something that seemed similar in your poll. Our television downstairs, uh, because of my roommate, is a big 65-inch Samsung 4K curved television. Yeah. And... It is wonderful for 
uh, watching movies and other stuff like that. However, most of my gaming, and I actually recently had to buy a monitor, um, actually right before the Amazon days or Prime days, and because of my budget, I had to basically decide between um, like a uh, 144 hertz um, in 1080p with HDR10 versus um, something with a higher resolution. Yeah. And I and That's I pretty ended typical up, right now. Correct. And um, after doing my research and actually buying two monitors and sending one back, um, the clear winner for me was the HDR still in 1080p. Yeah, the color makes such a world of difference, man. Because, and, and that was what the biggest thing, because uh, I went and sat it right next to a Samsung 4K monitor. And yes, I'm like, yeah, there it is a much better pixel density picture, but the pleasure I got out of the HDR, um, the like true HDR in HDR 10, which is another problem because some yeah, monitors and you're right. No, you're right. It gets so complicated. Some, mo some monitors and televisions, they're like, oh, HDR ready or HDR like, but the, uh, as far as I can tell, the only one standard that's like, no, no, this does what it truly says is HDR 10. And, um, and so to me, that actually was the biggest leap forward, uh, that I, that I could uh, do was using HDR and it is gorgeous. So you're saying um, that HDR is more important than an extra like million, 4 million pixels. Well, it, like uh, 1080p to 4k, technically it's like a uh, 75% or of, uh, sorry. The uh, 1080p is one quarter of the pixels of 4k. Right. Yep. And, um, and 4K, I think, is actually great for those televisions because, as uh, someone else says, either Ian or one of those guys, it's like 4K TVs right now are piss piss cheap. Yeah, they're way like, cheap. They're I mean, they're all cheap. you can buy, and they have to make yeah. a TV that you can buy for 400 bucks, or no one's ever going to buy TVs. So the 4K Correct. TVs now are 400 bucks. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I don't think 8K is that big of a deal. Um, when it becomes the standard for what, for whatever reason, sure, I'll get an 8K TV, but I'm never going to go out and buy one just because it's 8K. Like now that I've seen uh, what quantum HDR uh, beauty <laughs> can look like, and and when I'm so close, when I'm only like you know uh, 18 inches from my screen, um, or maybe a little bit more, that's fine. And with um, but to answer your question, uh, 8K, uh, 8K is almost the same equivalent to film it's just a slightly different aspect ratio like 8, 8k is slightly wider uh, full frame 35 millimeter is slightly taller okay so it's it's so about it is pretty the, close it is very close um, so does that mean that 8k is the end of the line no um because uh, only because i don't know uh how it compares to say 65 millimeter or 70 millimeter like if that if that messes with the game but as far as Anyone who is not the most uh, um, insufferable cinephile, I think 8K, 8K I <laughs> and believe. And there are tons of them. <laughs> correct, correct. Um, see, I mean, the thing is, once 8K finally becomes a standard, it will have exactly what we have with vinyl versus digital now. People say vinyl is the best and continue to listen on an LP um, because they either think or they're convinced that it's the best. And other people will be like, uh, AK is good and all, but have you seen a have you seen Lawrence of Arabia in seventy millimeter? Oh man, like, <laughs> like, which it is, it is gorgeous. Yeah, but, yeah, but 
Um, but yeah, I think the main crux is that even in the most uh, even in the most advanced countries, like some of your Asian countries and some of the, your European infrastructures, um, the amount of 4K content is, uh, in a way, not up to what everyone claimed it would be. We have much more hardware than we do the software to play on it, and um, and right now the only uh, unless you're buying an, a standalone device, the only uh, ultra HD players you have in the current consoles is the Xbox One S and yeah. the X. Yeah, and the, like X, the X, yeah. And so um, for those, so I do know a, a couple of cinephiles who bought one of those so that they could watch the ultra HD Blu-rays. But most most videos don't get an ultra HD release yet. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I also dug up that data. It's like, I think yeah. Disney... Didn't it just put out like its first true 4K Blu-ray not long ago? Yeah, it was in the last. Because a lot like, of them they're really 2K and they're upscaling them to 4K. Correct, and um, because because I because uh, the I mean Blu-rays still look great, and if you have a proper player, it can look gorgeous. But most true Ultra HD content, um, like especially if you wanted something true 4K or true 8K, um, you're going to have to have that data physically nearby like either on a hard drive or something like that for you to be able to consume it because it's also a lot of data and you're yeah. going to need at least an ssd to be able to feed to be able to fetch that stuff in a timely manner correct i mean think think about it if uh like if the cameras that are shooting this stuff have to have thousands of dollars of equipment just to be able to process the data fast enough yep uh the televisions and stuff that will have to use it will need relatively beefies up to to play it so um i think 8k when it comes it'll be it'll be fine but i don't think anyone needs to run out and grab it to me the the best investment is uh, a very deep high range uh high quality monitor and this uh lg hdr monitor that i got is gorgeous and even my wife stopped was like whoa did you get a new monitor i'm like yeah she's like it looks way different and i sat her down and she, she could see it like, she sat there for 15 minutes watching um, HDR, uh, basically B-roll off YouTube because it looks so gorgeous. And she was like, I have never seen something this pretty on a television screen. Well, it's, so. pretty, it's also pretty funny because, like I said, we got our mom a 4K, my mom a 4K TV for Christmas. And she's like, okay, so show me the 4K. And I was like, uh... <laughs> Okay, yeah. so I like, start looking through the apps the on her TV, and I go to YouTube, and I find a 4K video, and then I go to play it, but, you know, she has, like, DSL, so the thing just keeps buffering and stuttering, yeah. and, and it keeps dropping in resolution. Like, mm. I think you're right. Like, to me, the the hardware is so far ahead of the content at this point, and content delivery. Mm-hmm. I think I think uh, some I IMAX theaters are running in 6K currently, so, um, that they like the because you know back here in PA we have it's confusing because there we have IMAX uh, theaters but we also have like the Whitaker Center or whatever Omnimax is right which are the yeah domes. yeah I mean they have that are, stuff kind of everywhere are, yeah yeah those are a whole different beast um, and uh, but I did get to uh, down at the one at the uh, Philadelphia Museum of Art. I got to see uh, Dark Knight there on, because that was the first movie filmed on for the Dome IMAX, and it was oh, okay. amazing. But I had a crick in my neck because it was two and a half hours of looking straight up. So, um, but 
to answer your question, I think 8K is kind of just chasing a number at the moment that it, it'll be other advances in technology like depth of color, true blacks, other things like that that'll make people actually turn their head and go, I kind of want that. I feel but, like the, the the inky black thing was kind of a plasma versus LCD thing already. Like, I feel like that battle's already been fought, but you're right. Like, colors, depth it's of coming, color. It's coming back to that with OLEDs that aren't backlit. And so you get back into All right. the, the LCD versus plasma, or now it's LCD versus OLED. LED. Yeah. Yeah. And LED and, does have great blacks. Like, it's the oh, closest to a plasma that I've seen. Correct. But uh, no, but I, I felt so bad because I had been running or my dad had had a 50 inch plasma for over 12 years and it was still gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Until, I, I sold my old Panasonic until, 720p HDTV and I almost didn't want to get rid of it because before yeah. I, the person came to pick it up, I sold it for 100 bucks, by the way. That's all I could get for it. And uh, before the person came to pick it up, I turned it on and started looking at it and I was like, this TV looks just as good as my TV out in the living room. And it's like 12 years old. I was lucky. Like, I never got any burn-in on it. But I'll say this. That freaking TV was heavy. That yes. 7, that, it was a 50-inch 720p TV. It weighed 140 pounds. Yeah, I almost got a hernia so trying to take it down off the dresser in our bedroom so the person could take it away. Yeah. Like, but and we would have kept using um, his, except lightning struck our house ah, and, kill, and killed two, two TVs, uh, a printer, a modem, Dang. and a couple other things. So oh, that's like, rough, man. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it was it was awful. Like, but um, but yeah. So that that's my thing. The uh, depth of color is more important than the number of pixels. But uh, uh, and, and oh, and also I went with the um, the 1080p monitor because I do play a lot of. Uh, games past 60. You want the frame rate, yeah. Correct. And, yeah, I have 144 uh, hertz PC monitor that I used to play PC games, but it's 1080p. Yeah, 1080p. yeah so that's what this is. And so when my computer has to process only 25% of it, what it would be trying to do for 4K, it makes a lot of difference with the headroom on my gaming PC. Absolutely. All right. All well, right. thanks for calling in again, man. Thanks for your technical expertise. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Later, brother. All right. Anyone else in support of 4K or 8K? Are the consoles going to convince you to get to upgrade to 8K? Because that's kind of where I'm sitting right now. I am in a place where I never got a 4K TV, and I think it might just be smarter for me to just wait until 8K. Let's see what the next caller says. Hey, what's up? It's Mitch. What's going on, Mitch? Ain't nothing much. Uh, What are you using to play games? Well, uh, I have... Well, the thing in front of me is a 720 television that's in front of me right now. And then I do have a 4K television uh, in my living room next to me that I use to play games on. And I use... That one doesn't go full 4K. That's the only tricky part about it. Because 4K... The tricky part of 4K is like it's been... uh, it's been stage mental. Like it's not, it's not true 4k. Like you can get close, but not, it's not exact 4k. Cause I think you I mean bought your mine. specific TV or just TVs in general. I think TVs in general, I think now more, uh, now within the last couple of years, it's kind of stayed at where it is now. Now it's more about definition of color and, yeah. and HDR and those mm-hmm. kinds of aspects. And I bought mine probably four or five years ago. So as 
early 4K, so it kind of never hit what 4K really is now. Um, but my friend has a, 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 a OLED curved, like 40 something inch television. It is gorgeous in 4K. Um, but I think the. But what I does think he the, consume with it? Oh, he plays games, watches movies. So he plays he, games mostly with it. Yeah, I mean, he uses that thing to the, his maximum. He's like, he paid a hundred, he paid a twelve hundred dollars for that thing, so he's gonna get his money's worth. That's still not that much. Like that, uh, that last 1080p TV that I bought right before 4K turned over, I spent three grand for that TV. I mean, it's been yeah. worth it. It still looks stunning, like all these years later, and it looks so good that it's kept me from getting a 4K t- 4K TV, or let alone 8K. Um, so a good a good 1080p TV, I think, still has value. Oh, absolutely. And I think the thing that uh, during the discussion, I was like, oh, I, I have this point. I really just want to push it. In. And I, you finally said it. And I was like, good. Oh, Which I is... said it on my own. <laughs> Sorry. So I think uh, um, I think the big one is the uh, the delivery. I think the yeah. delivery is a big one at the moment. Like we're not at the capacity to stream constant 4K content. So why are you asking consumers to pay for an 8K television? When there's not even like you've guys said, and not content for it, but the 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 thing is, it's just we're not even there at the at the stage we're at right now. Again, like the televisions are getting a little ahead of everything else because those cameras to be able to to shoot in 4K, heck, the NFL won't even moach up the money to do it because it's not hurting their bottom line. Yeah, so I, why... I think what a lot of people don't realize is that. The pipes are only so big, and unfortunately, when they built a lot of the infrastructure, they never anticipated that they would ever have to send this much data for television. And so all the pipes, I think a satellite, I don't even know if satellites can even, if the pipes are even big enough for 8K video, that would be crazy compressed, and in that case, you might as well just use 4K. I think the only opportunity, at least in the U.S., really are kind of these content delivery services like Netflix and Amazon, where they have really good deals with their CDN, so they don't have to spend as much as a lot of other companies do to have those kinds of pipes. Yeah, and I think the other thing also that's coming out of it uh, for this is, you know, in games in general, it's now starting to not be more of a discussion of, especially in console gaming, it's becoming more of a discussion of not just the visual quality, but the frame rate. Yep. And I think uh, I I never PC'd game at all. Like I don't have a good enough PC to game on or else I would totally be doing that. Uh, so I the first Mike's first experience with experiencing the difference between like, do I want the visual or do I want the frame rate was uh, really uh, when I had a when I got my PlayStation Pro. And especially when it came when I was playing God of War, uh, I was playing with the settings on that constantly going okay what do i like more this beautiful image or do i want a? it's still a really cool image but i have a better frame rate and i ended up choosing the frame rate and so i'm curious as uh things like the content servicers like youtube they are starting to get into frame rates as well when you're starting to get into those higher resolutions so it's more of a, a state of are we going to hang around 4k for quite some time and focus more on frame rate instead because it's kind of showing people are a lot more prefer frame rate sometimes than they do prefer the actual visual image of uh, how many pixels is coming at you. You actually bring up a really good point, and that is, is this the best way to make use of the power of these consoles? Is it? Because 
Personally, I think I would prefer to have worlds in games that are far more detailed and have a lot more physics going on, have a lot more AI going on and that type of stuff than just taking the same games that we've been playing for the last 10 years and putting them in 4K. Um, Particularly AI. AI is a huge drain on computation. And it's just honestly something they haven't been able to do very well because they have to dedicate resources to so many other parts of the of a game and game development. And so what would happen if you built a game that looks like this generation but used all that extra headroom to make the AI and the physics and things like that kind of next gen? And unfortunately, yeah. like I feel like we didn't get that this generation. Like We never really saw a developer who was like, you know what? I'm going to create this really flat shaded game that may look really basic, but the interaction with the game is going to be completely next level. I'm curious if I'm like the only person who really wants that. What do you what do you think? No, I, I'm in agreement with you. And I think something that was happening during the era of the transition of the PlayStation, the PlayStation 4, Xbox One generation, as I recalled, people were having these types of conversations going, hey, I would take less fidelity on the uh, on the image and have better AI. And that I think that was a big push for them in, in some aspects of saying, oh, you're going to have more complicated AI. And that's like, yeah, it's a little bit. It makes you push forward a little bit more if you really need to. But it's not that quantum leap that we were looking for. And I think something that kind of uh, not assured me, but made me feel the same feeling at this of our conversation was when Sony talked about for their next PlayStation, they wanted to focus on something like 3D audio. And probably one of the games that kind of piqued my interest, too. I was like, okay, now we're talking. Yeah, because one of the games that probably this generation that I would put on my list of probably the most memorable, if not the most amazing experiences, probably not my best game of all time, but of this generation, it's definitely on my top five to top 10 list would be a Senua Sacrifice uh, ah, Hellblade. Yeah. Uh, because that audio is so good. Like there's just yeah. nothing like it. It's next it. level. And yeah. It's next level. And so when they said 3D audio, I just kept thinking of, oh, wow, like the audio was so good in Senua Sacrifice. I wonder what the audio, could they match that and put that in just a regular game and, and, you know, change the game to a whole new dimension. I, I just, I, I rather see leaps in that aspect than I rather see them. I'm, I like to see incremental leaps in, in fidelity. So it makes it, so it's easier to, obviously you need it to sell the product. Cause that's the thing that they're going to see. They're not going to experience the audio. That's what I was going to bring up actually, after you finish your point was that I get it that you kind of have, there have to be games that do just kind of, Hey, this is, a modern video game in 4K because that's what the casual folks latch onto and it convinces them to buy a console. So you can't just completely ignore the, hey, this game's pretty generic, but shit sure does look pretty. Like you need those games, but I'm just disappointed that we just didn't get more from the other side or any really from the other side. I mean, you brought up Hellblade, Senua Sacrifice. Yeah, like the audio in that is next level stuff. But I read an interview with... The guy who left Infinity Ward and then just came back for Modern Warfare. And one of the things he talked about was audio. And he's like, we didn't have a reverb engine for the first Modern Warfare, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. He's like, now I have four. So, 
I think audio and some of that stuff is something that just gets improved so incrementally that we never notice it. But I bet if you went back and fired up your Xbox 360 and put in that original Modern Warfare disc and played it on that Xbox 360 and then played the new Modern Warfare, I think you'd realize the audio is like, whoa, like, holy crap. But you're right, like, Hellblade is kind of the standout as far as that's concerned, but I think overall games have improved in that way. I don't feel like games have improved in the other way that I'm talking about, though. Yeah, and I think uh, the other part uh, with that for the television, for, I understand why they're going the 4K route. You know, 4K televisions are the, the standard now for televisions, and so you want to have a console that goes with your current television and so maybe if the 4k tvs last a little longer especially since uh, since uh you know television shows uh, except for things like from streaming services but just regular network television which i have youtube tv that i watch tv from besides my streaming services and that doesn't even run in 4k it, yeah. it, it barely runs in uh like 1080p decently well sometimes so uh but yeah, uh, i mean for 4k or god 8k i can't even imagine 8k video streaming but for 4k you pretty much have to have a cable internet and chances right. are you probably need like fiber internet you probably need fios for it to really work the way you would hope yeah and i think probably by the time this generation might be over and if there is one more cycle like something like microsoft said that they at least will have two more cycles not just this coming up one but one more 4K televisions might, they might not have to make that leap to 8K because like we've had in our conversation already, maybe frame rate is going to take over the conversation. Heck, we had more conversations about details in the television itself in 4K and those small incremental adjustments rather than making that boatload leap to 8K. So who knows if the, when you get that next generation of hardware, they can just say, oh, we're still going to stick with 4K, but now it's a you know, smarter AI. We're going to use more of that power to create a new audio experience, and it, it could it could change the entire game landscape in that aspect. But uh, it it would the one thing that would have to stop is not us jumping to 8K by the end of this next generation of console hardware. One last question before you go: Have you ever regretted buying a 4K TV? Do you maybe prefer or wish that you had kind of waited to do the upgrade for 8K? No, not the upgrade for 8K. I, okay. I bought my 4K TV five, four or five years ago, and I regretted maybe not waiting a little bit later to get the actual standard of 4K. Yeah, and I or maybe almost, get a little cheaper too. Right. And then I also, uh, I almost did buy the same TV my friend had, which was like that $1,200 OLED, just because I saw it and it was, it was gorgeous and I got my tax return, and I was like, okay, I'll spend, I, may, I might spend it Burning on Burning a hole in your pocket. Sure, but uh, <laughs> I did not. I, I, I looked at it, walked away, and then I was like, I'll, I'll come back tomorrow if I really want it. I guess I didn't want it that bad. So yep. uh, I, the games still, game still, still look amazing on my television, so I guess it's, it's no reason for me to, even if I'm not getting the true 4K sometimes in some of the games, it... it I mean, it still looks good to me, and I watch so much stuff on my laptop anyways that like the TV is really meant for my gaming stuff or if I am really wanted to chill in my living room because I'm always on the go. Gotcha. Well, Mitch, thanks for calling in, man. Great insight as always. Have yourself a great weekend and a great rest of your Saturday. Thanks, you too. Adios, amigo. 
All right. I wish we had more time to talk about this, in all honesty, because I know there's some of you. Oh, we, here we have. All right, we'll take one more call. We'll take one more call before we call it a show for uh, today's episode. Let's see who we got. Hello, and welcome to today's high score. Who do we have on the phone? It's me again, Shane. Uh, Daniel. <laughs> so, I don't. It's it's, it's like running out. It's always a surprise. Just... We like the way Skype works. Like we can't always see who's calling in. So I accept the call and I just sit there with bated breath, hoping that it's gonna be somebody good. And this time it was. So you have the honor of being our last caller on hey. today's episode. What's up? Um, I've just been on the chat, so there's a lot of uh, British people on the chat while you guys are talking, <laughs> and uh, okay. we're just talk. We're just talking about the fact that um, in the you guys talk a lot about not having a lot of 4K content, yeah, and a lot of games and th- a lot of uh, no TV and all that kind of stuff, yeah. And in in the UK, it's completely different. Is it? The Premier League has been in 4K for three years. Wow. Um, is that the is most 4- watched television? In Europe, generally, generally, is football, it like yeah. NFL football Soccer. in the US, where like yeah, like the and Premier then, League Championship is the most watched? I would okay. think so. Yeah, um, and then the uh, F one Formula One is in four K. Wow, that's a sport that think, really gains something from four K. And I might I have to double check this, but I think this year on Sky anyway, because Sky has the NFL in the UK, the UK games. We'll be in 4K. 4K in the UK, but I don't know. Don't US. tell me that, because, dude. That's a because, bunch of crap. Like, what because the Because they're using the cameras in the UK. They're using the same cameras what? they used to, like. Because, you know, the new Tottenham Stadium where the games are going, they obviously have all the 4K cameras, so they'll, yeah. they'll be on Ultra HD 4K in the UK on Sky, but it won't be in the US. On oh, NFL. I guarantee it won't be 4K here. So, it's but I just think it's really man. funny. If the Super Bowl is in 4K, they're not showing Steelers versus Colts on Sunday at yeah. 1 o'clock in 4K. It's not so happening, it's just, unfortunately. It's funny because you guys all talk about, and I think it's mainly size of country, I think. because It's easier um, we, there because like, you don't have to build out that infrastructure as big as America yeah, does. Yeah. Exactly. Like I've got, um, I live in like a quite small city in the UK, Lincoln. And yeah, I've had, we've got like uh, so many megabytes, uh, I think 80 or 90 megabytes a second fiber yeah. and like, all that kind of stuff. And I've got my, I'll show you my TV, my 4K TV on the wall there. Nice. 55 inch. Um, That'll get the job gaming. done. Yeah, my gaming. So obviously I've got Netflix, which has quite a lot of 4K content. It does, yeah. I'm impressed with what Netflix has done. Like, it, it is kind of the pioneer of 4K content. Yeah. But obviously in the UK, like, a lot of the t- films as well, I think, are now, they've got, now got a 4K channel, I think, as well. Basically, Sky have got something called Sky Q, uh, and, which is their up-res box, which is basically for 4K content. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah, basically, basically, you, you just called me to like rub it in my face, didn't you? You're like, oh, well, let me talk to Shane about what it, we have. It, it was mainly just because it's so for me and I think a lot of uh, sifters from the UK and Europe, we, I think we find it a bit strange. Like, yeah, you're living how, on a different planet from us. So you have, I mean, you're you're like, what are these fools talking about, man? I watch everything yeah. in 4K like we get to watch it's, nothing in 4K here. Nothing. Yeah, so I think that's why. And for me, like I, I probably jumped in about maybe two years ago for my 4K TV. And yeah, well, I look, I think that if it. if that were the case in America, where we had 4K content, oh, the saturation would be way bigger than it is. I would have absolutely, if I could watch football in 4K, sold, cha-ching, done. I will buy a new TV that minute. And it, and honestly, that is 
Getting to kind of the root of this whole topic, that is the one thing that will keep me from waiting for 8K. Because right now, that's my plan. I am not going to buy a big 4K TV. I'm going to wait it out, and I'm going to buy an 8K TV. And because it is so close to film, honestly, I don't see why I would ha ever have to buy another television. Like, as I yeah, start to get older and my well, eyesight sight gets bad, I like, after I have an 8K TV, I'm done. I'm done. They've done studies. They've done studies with the human eye. They don't really know if the human eye can actually tell the difference at 8K before yeah. anything less than that. Obviously, 4K, they say 4K and 8K, certain people's eyes will be able to see a slight difference, but it gets to the point where your human eye can't track enough to actually recognize the, the difference. So I do think 8K will probably be the end, and it will be other things that yeah. implement the improvement. Well, there because... was a wives' tale that was flying around for a long time that, that where people were saying the human eye can't see faster than 30 frames per second. Which That's not true. Right, it's not true. But it was something that floated around for a but, long but what, time. What is true about the 30K and above is that the human eye starts, you st can, some people can start to be affected by the faster rate, so they can feel because their eye's not used to the speed. Sure, I mean? sure. Obviously, on my life, like when I play exposure, Call of Duty on my TV, and it's, it's 120 hertz, so it runs at a really high frame rate, she gets sick watching me play. She's yeah, like, I don't understand. I mean, How can you make decisions this quick? Oh, I'm like, I suck. You should watch these <laughs> other people play. Like, because it blows her mind. She's like, it's so fast. How do you know what's going on and where everybody is and where you are? I'm like, you just get used to it. And yeah. she, it just blows her mind. She's like, I'm sick. Like, I can't even look at the TV, so... Different strokes yeah. for different folks. But uh, yeah. thanks for calling well, in again, man. As always, a great call. Like, rain on your parade. But I just, a lot of people <laughs> in chat just going, what's Shane talking about? Yeah, so, I, under, I, I understand. You know, in a, I just give you our perspective. It's the same with broadband, too, honestly. I mean, there's a lot of countries that have had great internet for a long time. In the U.S., well, still well, I noticed sucks. That when I was working in PA, in the middle of PA, I'd come from the U.K. where we had not fiber optic broadband at that point, but pretty quick broadband yeah. to a place where there was dial-up everywhere, and I was just completely, like, baffled. I felt like I'd gone back, like, 20 well, years. Well, even still, I mean, I think the vast sure majority of my friends who places. live in central Pennsylvania have DSL because, yeah. you know, to them, they use the Internet to – they use broadband to surf the Internet and, like, send emails and use Facebook, and for that stuff, it works fine. And for that, they're like, I don't really care about streaming on Netflix. Like, it's I, I generally, I generally think in the US, it will probably be five G or whatever comes after five G yeah. that will be people yep. will move to rather than actual wired connection. I because guarantee for, you well, that's the case because it's because way places, easier to send stuff through the air than to lay pipe. Yeah, because five K is just launched in the UK. Uh, not five K, so five G just yeah. launched in the UK in certain places. But yeah, no, I think that will be the thing, and everyone just end up using their phone or whatever the five G dongles or whatever it is to use the internet instead to stop putting things on, in the ground. But yeah. we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, right. sorry to uh, rain on your parade. But oh, it's all good, man. In, Again, it's always good to get different respect. perspectives from people. So thanks for calling, man. Right. Cheers. Later. Have a good weekend. Bye. Yep, you too, bro. All right, Ooh. folks. That's it for another episode of today's high score. I love doing this show. I could, I think we could literally sit here all freaking day and just talk. Like, I love doing it. I love talking to you guys. The discussions today were amazing. I wish we had more. I wish I could have got to more of these topics. Some of them are kind of evergreen, so maybe I'll bring them back for next week. We'll see. 
Uh, but man, thanks for your participation. It's been, we got a couple new callers this week. I hope eventually all you guys who are arguing it out in the chat will summon up the gusto to become a part of the show. Um, I think you can see everyone who jumps in, it, it works out great. So hopefully more of you guys will get involved and we can get even more voices on the show. But I'm just really, really happy and appreciative that this show has turned out as good as it has the first two weeks after being gone for a year. So thanks to all you guys. Uh, before we go, again, I'm Shane Satterfield. Follow me on Twitter at Dinfire. Follow Sifted, follow Sifted at Sifted Games. Game Face coming up on Tuesday from this very spot. Matt will be here. We'll have a new TriCaster operator again uh, for this week's episode. Um, but look for that Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific. Um, thanks to everybody who subscribed via Twitch Prime. I see Cody Carter just did it in the chat. Thank you. Um, I don't get to watch the chat as much as I would like for this show because obviously I'm like I'm like juggling here between the TriCaster and Skype and trying to stay involved in the conversation. But it's fun. I love doing this show. So thanks again for everybody who participated. Everybody have a safe and fun weekend. We'll see you next time.